Good to see everyone here this morning. <clears throat> Earlier in the week, I texted Lee to find out what translation he was going to be using for uh, the scripture reading so we could put it up on the screen. And all of a sudden, I got back this, this response. All it said was escape. And I'm going, okay, what is the escape version? I'm a little worried. <laughs> so I, I, told, I texted him back and said, what is escape? And all of a sudden, he came back and said, this is ESV. Apparently, his, his uh, autocorrect on his phone had ch- changed it from his escape. He said, that's a new translation I've been working on. I've been working on it for a few years. I guess the word's out now. So so if you're looking for a new translation called escape, we'll see what that's like. You remember this commercial? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. You've probably seen this cheesy commercial. It's been around for years, still runs in various versions today. You see a lot of different uh, versions of this. Uh, you've seen it in the political area when an opponent loses. And, you know, they come back and say, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Or you've seen it with the, with the teenage version, help, I'm talking and I can't shut up. You know, you get, you get a lot of different versions of this. Now, the premise for this technology is very good and it's very useful. Okay. You know, it's the push-button device that you wear around your, your neck. Uh, I think some people may here even use something like that. It's when you're home alone and you find yourself in a position where you can't get up by yourself and you don't want to stay in that position forever. I remember a long time ago uh, when we were living in Florida, back before we started preaching, there was this lady behind us that had gotten stuck in the bathtub. How long was she there for? She was stuck in the bathtub for three days because she couldn't get to the phone. She didn't have the button. Okay, the buttons are great. They're very useful. Now, the, the commercial is aimed at those who are older, those who are disabled, but the senior lady in the commercial utters her call for help with such cheesy melodrama, uh, it became as big a commercial catchphrase as, Where's the beef? Now, Americans find it hilarious, even though the situations that are this are designed to address are no laughing matter. It's no laughing matter to get stuck in a bathtub for three days. It's no laughing matter to slip on a floor and break your hip and not be able to get to a telephone to call somebody. It's no laughing matter. Yeah, but it's a bad commercial. So maybe our laughter goes a little bit deeper than just making fun at horrible acting. Perhaps the reason we find it humorous is that, in general, Americans see asking for help as something we only do in the direst of circumstances. Only when it's going to get real bad am I ever going to ask for help. Maybe it's a guy thing. (laughs) Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just human nature that we don't ask for help. You know, we are a fiercely individualistic, uh, bootstrap-pulling type of people. That's our ethic. It makes it hard for us to ask for help. Even though we have a myriad of devices around where we can call for help almost immediately, such as the ever-prevalent cell phone, You know, even grandma and great-grandma now carry cell phones on them. And we could call for help immediately, but we don't. We see this asking for help as the universally dreaded endeavor. 
whether we're struggling with getting our, our carry-on in the bin above our seat in an airplane, or we're fixing a flat tire by the side of the road, Americans are more likely to say, nope, I'm good, I've got this, instead of, could you give me a hand doing this? Could you please help? Unless it's an emergency that calls for professionals like paramedics, police officers, or firefighters, we don't like to ask for help, do we? We just don't. If we fall and can't get up, we would much rather crawl out the front door, pull ourselves into the car, and drive ourselves to the hospital rather than call and ask for help. We'd prefer to say, it's okay. I got this. It's not a problem. Now, why is it that we don't ask for help and instead try doing it on our own? Well, one reason is that we were never taught to ask for help. That's not something we're taught. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they were part of generations that, that viewed hard work and self-sufficiency. And, you know, asking for help was something that you only did like when you were drowning at sea. Other than that, if you wanted to be a hard-working, self-sufficient person, you don't ask for help. You do it on your own. And this ethic of self-sufficiency has been passed down from generation to generation, and we simply don't teach our children how to ask for help. We also love our independence. And it's unfortunate, because Americans are becoming more and more isolated from one another. You can see this in attendance at community service organizations, and even the church. With the advent of the Internet, you can do pretty much everything online, can't you? You can shop online. You can order your groceries online. You can have them delivered to your door online. So you don't have to go to the grocery store. They'll pick out your meat for you. They'll pick out your fresh vegetables. And they will deliver. If you don't want to have it delivered, you just pull up outside the grocery store. They'll put it in your car for you. You take it home. Or they'll just deliver it to your door. You don't even have to go to a classroom to get a degree. You can do it. That's how I got my master's. Was I did it online. It was kind of far for me to Alaska to Montgomery, Alabama in order to go to class. I think the, the, tran the, the transit was a little bit too much for me. So I got it online. We don't need to go to a physical store for our shopping. We don't even need to be present in our classroom to get an education, which means we need to interact with a potentially helpful store clerk or a stodgy professor. We also don't even think to ask. That's not something that ever sometimes even crosses our mind. We've been so brainwashed by this ethic of self-sufficiency that asking for help never crosses our mind. We simply just don't think about it. We're focused on caring for ourselves so much that we don't realize when we need help. Sometimes it's simply easier to do it ourselves. 
You know, we got that attitude, if you want to do, have something done right, do it yourself. Unfortunately, I've had that mindset quite a bit in my life. If you want something done right, do it yourself. It's a popular American idiom. We don't want to be indebted to anyone, do we? We don't want to be in a position where we have to reciprocate sometimes. So it's just easier in the long run to simply do it ourselves. Finally, we're simply afraid to ask. Why would we be afraid to ask for help? We're afraid of what it might say about me. That I have shortcomings. That I have issues that I need help with. More likely than not, we'd rather die a thousand deaths than to have someone think that we can't do things on our own. Heaven forbid that somebody think that I can't do it on my own. In short, we're really good at trying to do it ourselves, achieving modest results, instead of getting real help and making real progress in something. We miss out on the gifts that someone else can give us when we ask for help. Now, Bartimaeus had no such qualms about asking for help, did he? None at all. And the result for him in doing so were nothing less than miraculous. He is an example of the kind of richness and blessings that can come when somebody asks for help. If we're willing to set aside our our self-sufficient attitude, seek out help from somebody else, we can be blessed. He's just he's sitting by the roadside. The crowd's going by. And Jesus is in the crowd and his disciples, they're, they're coming out of Jericho. They're on their way to Jerusalem. And when he heard that Jesus was about to pass by, without hesitation, without any thought of embarrassment, without caring what anybody else the blind man began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Even the crowd thought that this was scandal. They were telling him, be quiet, shut up. Nobody wants to hear this. You're disabled. Get where you belong. Much like we'd be mortified to let anybody in public know that we got a problem. We just need to be quiet. But Bartimaeus continued not only to ask for the help, but to cry out for help. And he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's hollering, crying out. And it's through his story that we learn some important principles that can help us when we need to call for help. And one of those principles is that while we need to state our need, we also need to remain open to other possible resolutions. You know, Bartimaeus was blind. Blind people couldn't work back then. Their only source of income was beg. Hey, buddy, can you spare 
half a denarii? Can you spare some change? Can you spare some bread? Can you spare something so that I can live for today? His only hope for a productive life was to get his sight back. Was to make it so he could see again. And he knows his need. But notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't lead with the fact that he needed his sight, but rather he's simply saying that he needs to be seen by Jesus. He shouts, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's not saying, Jesus, have mercy upon me, a blind man. He never said anything about being blind. Simply, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Bartimaeus seemed to understand that while he needed to have his eyesight back, that maybe he needed more than just healing of his sight. Maybe there was something else there that needed healing as well. He doesn't cry for his blindness to be healed. He simply cries for mercy. And you know what? That leaves open all kinds of possibilities. Asking for help begins when we acknowledge, hey, I got a problem. Problem may be as simple as I need help fixing a flat tire. Or that problem may be I'm dealing with a sin in my life and I don't know how to stop. We need to admit that we have a problem and present the problem. Yes, the one that's obvious, but also present any underlying problems that we might not even be aware of. You know, we may be appear, appear to be fine on the surface, but who knows what other needs are lurking beneath? Who knows what else in our lives need healing, <coughs> need the attention of Jesus? There are certain things over which we're powerless. And you know what? For the most part... One of those things that me, in and of myself, am powerless to do anything about. But Jesus is not. That's why we can cry out to Jesus to have mercy on me. To get help, be it physical or spiritual, first thing we got to do is name what it is we need help with. Bartimaeus knows that regardless of what's going on with his eyes, that it's possible he may still have other problems. And he knows that Jesus can do anything. He's heard about what Jesus has done. People have told him what Jesus has done. And he's eager for whatever help that Jesus can Why He says, have mercy on me. Are we open to the possibilities that we can be healed by Jesus or by others whom Jesus might send our way? We have to believe that we qualify for the help of Jesus. Bartimaeus believed that he qualified for Jesus' help, even though other people in the crowd were saying, Oh, be quiet. Quit hollering. We don't want to hear what you got to say. You're embarrassing. Go back to the back of the crowd where you belong. 
But Bartimaeus believed he was worthy of help, not because he was a great person, and obviously not because he was a whole person, because he wasn't. He was blind. But because he was one of God's children, that's why he believed he was worthy of being helped. A Jew who had been looking for the arrival of the son of David, the Messiah. That's why he believed he was worthy. So when Jesus hears his cries, Jesus says, call him here. And what does Bartimaeus do when he finds out that Jesus is calling his name? He throws off his cloak and he jumps up and he goes to see Jesus. He puts himself into a position that risks further embarrassment. Okay, They're already upset with him for calling out, right? How do you think they're going to feel about him jumping up and moving through the crowd? Granted, some of them are saying, take cheer, he's calling you. The crowd makes his way through and he sees Jesus. More ridicule. More embarrassment. And he risks it in order to get close to Jesus. Folks, that is an act of faith. That is faith. Bartimaeus thinks to ask. And asking is the key to receiving almost anything that we need. In fact, Jesus would later tell his disciples in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. James, however, says, basically, why don't we have... It's simply because we don't ask. Are you all afraid to ask for anything from God? What are some things, just think about it, what are some things that you are hesitant about asking God for? Is it because they're too small? Is it because it's too big? Is it because you don't think God's going to want to give it to you? You know what? There is nothing too great or too small or too insignificant that you can't take it to God. Folks, you have to believe that you do not have because you do not ask. I don't understand why I just can't get better. Have you prayed about it? No. My marriage is so hard. It's so rough. I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> Let me make that clear here, okay? If I'm absent next Sunday again, it's not going to be because I'm sick. No. <laughs> but my marriage, it's just so rough. We just can't seem to get along. I don't understand. Have you prayed about it? No. You don't have because you don't ask. Simply ask the Father. Asking God for what we need in prayer, asking others for what we need in person, opens the door to healing, opens the door to wholeness, opens the door to a myriad of of blessings that can come our way. Jesus' response to Bartimaeus is a question of invitation. 
what do you want me to do for you? I'm going to pick on Mike here. Remember the ad for UPS some years ago, what can Brown do for you? I think that was that it. I think that's what it was. What can Brown do for you? Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? If Jesus were right here next to you this morning and turned to you and said, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? Think about it. Jesus is asking Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? I can't imagine. You know, can you imagine Jesus asking you that question? What would be your response? If Jesus were to ask you, what one thing can I do for you right here, right now? What would you tell him? What would you tell him? What is the deepest need that you have Jesus for yet? That you haven't asked anybody? How might you step out in faith and ask and believe that you can receive all that you need and more? What would you what do you want me to do for you? What would your answer be? Jesus tells Bartimaeus, Go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Folks, that's what can make us whole too. That's what can heal us is our faith. If we simply step out in faith and ask, we can be made whole again. We're told in Scripture that when we're sick, what do we do? We call for the elders and ask them to pray for us, right? And that their prayer will make us whole. That they will heal us. When's the last time you were sick and called for the elders to help? Think about it. When was the last time that you need that you spiritually sick and you called for the elders to help? It got real quiet in here, didn't it? Folks, we do not have because we don't ask. We don't have because we don't ask. Faith is the catalyst for asking. Asking is the key to healing. We have to learn how to ask for help. That means swallowing our pride. Swallowing this idea of I'm self-sufficient. I can do everything on my own. 
Well, folks, you can't. You can't do it on You are not to do it on your own. You're designed to ask for help. One of the keys to asking and receiving is also being grateful. When we have an attitude of gratitude, it tends to shake us out of this idea of being self-sufficient and allows us to celebrate with others what has been done for us. In a way, giving thanks is the substance that, that kind of unfreezes these wheels that drive community and enables us to acknowledge our dependence on God. It enables us to acknowledge our dependence on each other. Bartimaeus received his sight. What was his first action? It wasn't to run home and it wasn't to run home and look at all the different things that he's never been able to see before his first action was to get up and follow Jesus down the road to Jerusalem and that action was an expression of gratitude now we all know where Jesus was going when he was going to Jerusalem but Bartimaeus was happy to go along. He was grateful for everything that Jesus had done for him. His gratitude was not merely words. His gratitude was in action. He didn't just say, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate it. I'm going home. And I can find my own way. His gratitude was by saying, I'm going to follow you. Wherever you go, I'm going. There's no way that he can reciprocate what Jesus has done for him, but he can certainly follow him. And the same thing is for us. How many of us can reciprocate what Jesus has done for us? But we can sure follow him, can't we? We can follow him. We know how good it feels to receive gratitude when we've done a service for somebody else. When we've been able to help somebody, when we've been by somebody, we know how good it feels for somebody to say thank you, don't we? To express gratitude. It feels good. It can feel just as good to the giver when someone has done something for us. It's not about quid pro quo or... but. Sometimes it's just a simple art of saying thank you. When we develop the discipline of gratitude, asking for and giving help becomes a whole lot easier. We live in a world that's and it can't get up. We've fallen too. And there are times when we need help in order to stand back up. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen. And we can't get up without the help of Jesus. Let us not be afraid to ask for help. Let's don't be afraid to go to God and, and state the need. State the problem and say, God, have mercy upon me. 
and pray for the solution to the problem, but leave ourselves open to other healings as well. Call for help because we all need it. Do you? There's got to be some folks here that need some help. There always is. Somebody's struggling with something. Somebody's struggling with something physical. Somebody's struggling with something emotional. Somebody is struggling with something relational. Somebody is struggling with something in regard to sin. Are you willing to call for help this morning? Will you swallow your self-sufficiency and ask God, ask the elders, ask your brothers and sisters, I need help. I can't do it on my own. Help. I've fallen and I can't get up. If you need to ask for help this morning, please come while we stand and sing.